Hello guys and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast Series 5 Episode 3. Uh, today's episode is a member Q&A uh, with myself Luke and Max Craven, Big Max. How are you Max? Big Max. Luke, I am wonderful. Firstly, I would like to say... Cheers. Cheers. I don't like that your mini espresso, well your espresso mug is a little bit bigger than mine. Are you compensating for something? The bigger the mug, the smaller the willy. Exactly, I didn't even have a drink. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really good, thank you. Um, happy to be here. A um, bit frustrated because I did actually record a podcast <laughs> with Steve. Just, I was just about to say that. I did a podcast with Keaton, we were bragging about the, uh, the new setup, and then the next one we recorded, we messed it up. Yeah. Uh, we're nothing without uh, young Matt. Young we Matt need young you. Matt on a permanent podcast uh, contract. But uh, yeah. nonetheless, we've figured it out, uh, and we're here. So yeah, we have a, a member Q&A to get in today, so we'll, okay. we'll get stuck in straight away after the usual uh, logistics. So excited to announce we have uh, a date for the next Metcon Games. When is that, Luke? Wow. Uh, 15th of April. Get it in oh. your diaries. Uh, Metcon Games 5.0, the fifth one. Um, hopefully, every year it grows bigger and bigger, so hopefully that will continue in the same vein. But we're all excited to uh, to get stuck into that. So 15th of April, mark your calendars. Um, it won't be strong money this one. It's going to be more your traditional uh, conditioning protocols that we've done in the past, but uh, with a new twist, with the new input from uh, Max and uh, Kitty. I think it's exciting because... I haven't done any of the ones in the past, from, but from what you and Mark have said, that the last Metcon Games was the biggest kind of one you've had yet. Um, you were here, the last one, did you? The Strongman one, you were here. Yeah, but I mean, before, sorry, before the last one that I did, um, you said it was the, big, the biggest one you've done, and then the night out was obviously incredible, so it's, uh, it's exciting to see how much bigger this one can be and how much more wacky it can be. I like it when, yeah, it's nice, we did two a year, and I think that leaves people wanting more. Uh, which is always better than people going fuck's sake another Metcon Games exactly. uh, but it's nice to have the, the variability between the Strongman watch we do a lot of Strongman carriers and we do a lot of like log pressing etc in the Metcon classes uh, but it's nice to, to have one that's just a bit more conditioning focused obviously a lot of people doing high rocks etc so it's nice to have something that they don't have to really change the training for and can just push themselves in and have some fun and like I said more than anything just a chance just to, to have a, a bonding experience push yourself a little bit more stay, stay accountable as well in your training like have something yeah. to work towards uh, so yeah, 15th of April, we won't say no more, more details to be announced, I presume by the time this podcast comes out, um, the video might have come out, yes. um, announcing it, if not, it's quite a nice video, by uh, young Matt, the podcast whiz. Matthew. Um, I'd like to add as well, young Rogers, um, you. we have a few people competing in the, Met- well, who will be competing in the Metacon Games, who say that they're going to be the best athlete there, so I want to hold them accountable to that, so we have... Nathan. 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 I, I'm, I'm going to compliment Nathan because he, he's, he's, no, he's, he's, played me, he's played me well this week and he's, he did me yesterday. I haven't spoken about it yet. Um, I won't mention why, but um, Nathan's a fantastic man. He is a good man, yes. And um, um, he, for me, he's in the top 20 uh, Matt Connors out of the 24 <laughs> that are allowed to attend the class. So it'd be good to see him in full, uh, full whack. He does like giving it the chat, but yeah, I'm excited to see him uh, go ham. And he always says all of us coaches will be fighting over him for when we choose our teams, um, even though they're random. Which but... you. Well, we tell him they're random, but that's him. No one, no one, he's like the, the fat goalkeeper. No one wanted him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, very excited for that. So, uh, uh, yeah. What about your, yourself? How's, uh, how's training? Obviously, you've had a couple of weeks off rugby. What have you been doing in place of that? Have you used it as a chance to push your training up? Um, so, funny enough, I've me and a group of my friends, we entered into the Turf Games, um, which happened in July, I believe, which is kind of like a CrossFit-y fitness event, yeah. um, which is really exciting. I've not really, besides the Forders event I did last year, I've never, even though I've done sort of CrossFit or functional fitness for quite a while. I've never entered a proper kind of comp into it, um, even though I've done it for a long time. So yeah, because be you did the um, Forders. That yes. was, I guess, your yeah, yeah. first one. but Which was brilliant. Absolutely loved that. And I'm excited because it's just we're a group of... Three of us play rugby. Two of the other two are into their CrossFit. So it's just... It's going to be exciting and we've like got a group chat we're all being motivational towards who is one it? another. Who is it? MSC guys? Or no, outside? so they're um, it's my best pal who lives in Wrexham who I've just known from I'm not your best years. pal? Um, wow, okay. One of. One of. Um, but yeah, so we just we've known each other for a long time and then we just thought oh, fuck it, let's just let's just enter a comp. Saw Turf Games was advertised. I've wanted to do it for a while actually because it looks yeah. like a good day out. 
Um, so a lot of my training is going towards that. So, um, so I won't you're dive. Really, really pushing the SNC for you rugby at the minute. Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't dive too much into it, but but the way that we're we're planning it at the moment is we're all kind of doing our own programs, but we sync up with one session a week, which is quite exciting. Cool. Um, and then we all like sending our results, sending our lifts, all of that kind of stuff. I, I'm planning it for everyone at the moment, actually. Um, and it's just a good way to sync up, which is yeah, which is exciting. So um, happy days. Awesome. Um, yeah, rugby's. It should still be at the forefront, but it's taken a little bit of a backward step. Um, but yeah, that's my training. Mr. Rogers, how is your training going? Do you know what? Really good. I'm four weeks out from the British uh, today, actually, which is great because uh, I was worried it was going to be um, on the Saturday. The British is Thursday to Sunday. Um, and I was praying I was on the Thursday because Max's stag do, little Max's stag do is Friday, Saturday um, in Liverpool. So yes. I was really hopeful that it would be a Thursday, and it is, which has felt really nice because they've actually mixed it up and like some of the lighter guys are on the Saturday and stuff. So it could have felt a different day. But yeah, yeah so can I um, get, the, get the British done, which I'm, I'm feeling really good for. Kind of going a bit under the under the radar with it. I'm sharing my videos, but I'm my close friends, and no. I'm trying to keep my cards close to my chest. There's been a couple of podcasts come out talking about like, the, the build to the British and who their picks are and everyone's put me down as like fourth and fifth which really is that I, motivation it, it suits me to the ground mm. it suits me to the ground I love being a little bit of an underdog yeah, yeah. and I love like yeah because I know that to win the British would be a couple of people having bad days and me to have a phenomenal day stranger things have happened but my ultimate goal is to, pod- is to podcast is to podium yeah. um, so I'm really you know I'm training hard I'm doing well it's funny because I went to Toulouse for a few days and like obviously with the competition in the back of my mind I didn't want to do anything crazy like, I didn't want to drink too much didn't want to eat badly I still was mindful of what I was eating while still enjoying the, the yeah. break I came back feeling fresh and just literally I trained Friday morning had Saturday, Sunday, Monday off Tuesday I felt terrible really? Um, I came back in I felt like I had no no juice like yeah, I felt you did so- have, you did have- I reckon you probably had maybe a hundred ounces of steak over the over the weekend, didn't you? I was going to say hundred pan of chocolates, which is <laughs> <And> <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. But it's funny because you feel fresh, but your legs just have no juice. Um, I was coming out of the squat, and like everything felt like technique was fine, but just I had nothing to offer coming out of the hole. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing. Um, trained yesterday, that went pretty well. So yeah, four weeks out and uh, feeling pretty good. So I'm excited to, to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited and. Uh, Hopefully we get a little MSC outing to come and watch you and cheer you on. Nottingham, mate. It's an hour away. Yeah. If you don't come, then um, you, you, you're all dead to me. Get the approval from Mark. <laughs> I've signed it off. I've written the rotor for Mark there already. We sorted. <laughs> we've um, got uh, you ever working it. Yeah, sorted. That's enough foreplay, uh, which is more than I normally like to do. Mm. So let's uh, dive straight into uh, into the Q&A. So the questions that we're going to ask answer today... Um, do you want to get the questions up? I've completely drawn a blank. So yeah. there was um, first one that we wanted to chat chat about was pre-workout pre- meal. Yes, pre-workout meal. Pre-workout meal. How close to training should you be eating? Yeah. Um, we had a question on cardio and if that's good for um, good or bad if you want to gain weight slash muscle. So we can answer that from a performance perspective. Um, what's the one bro science thing that we want to die? Is that the correct word in? Yeah. Yeah. Myth that triggers your inner rage, and another one about chest movements wasn't there. Here we we had one about what's your favourite exercise to improve your bench yes. slash train your chest. Um, one about your favourite split. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get straight into it. Do you want to talk first about uh, pre-workout meals? Kind yeah. of a little bit about what you recommend, what you do yourself, and then we can talk a bit about the research as well. So firstly, I want to say it's very individualised about how soon you eat before you train. So for me, it's taken me years to kind of find the right amount of timing before I go into training. So for a while I'd always, especially now I'm doing a lot more high tempo training. Like if I start feeling sick, it's fucking horrible. So for, for me, two hours before is about right. But I say for everyone else, as long as you're not experiencing gastrointestinal discomfort, you're normally okay. A lot of people talk about this whole thing, oh, you shouldn't eat too closely before you train and stuff but it's actually to do with if you can stomach it and you're actually okay it's, it's there's not too much that will affect it um so i'll say if you can stomach it and cope it that's normally okay um you have a few studies you want to bring up about that kind of stuff, yeah don't before you? we get into that what, what do you think like um like about different sports so you said for yourself because you're doing like quite high intensity stuff yeah. and you're already going to be in that like you know lactic acid builder that can make you feel a bit sick if you're not really doing that you just do normal strength training or if you're doing like I don't know, normal conditioning protocols that aren't probably as high volume as what you're doing. Yeah. Does your recommendation change or do you keep it the same? I, I think the recommendation would more or less stay the same that anywhere long, like 
within an hour is probably too close for a big meal, it's, especially if we're talking about volume of meal. Like I will normally go for my training, even if I was training less high tempo stuff, more just strength training, I'd still go two hours for a big meal. And then as I get a little bit closer, have like a fast acting carb or something like that a little bit yeah. closer, um, just so it sits nicer in the stomach and I don't feel sick. And I think that's a good rule to go by with a lot of people that have a big meal, maybe an hour minimum before, and then any time closer, if you're feeling a little bit down and you want a little bit of something in your stomach or a little bit of energy, fast acting carb or something like that will always go quite well. Um, Is there so, a reason you recommend fast acting carb or that's just easy to digest? Easy to digest, feels good in the stomach, not too much volume, that kind of stuff. There's obviously, there will be nutritional value behind it, but yeah, that's my, uh, my okay. recommendation. Cool. Yeah. Mine, mine's fairly similar, um, both like practically like myself, like everyone, everyone laughs. I always eating cereal or sweets yeah. as I'm doing barbell club because I train uh, straight after it. So I'll have a meal a couple of hours out, um, and then I'll have something smaller, a fast acting carb, um, an hour out. But um, I'm not so massive into recommending. I mean, I personally have the fast acting carb just because it's super easy to eat. Yeah. Um, but like from like a you know you're looking at it as a. You know, zooming out a little bit like no one is depleting their glycogen stores yep. doing a, a, a moderate training session if you're doing a marathon training session or you're doing something super high volume your carbohydrate requirements change but for most people in the gym like you're never going to fully deplete your glycogen nowhere near I think I remember before it's like not even 50% it might be like yeah, a third yeah. of your glycogen stores get depleted so actually the need to then like top them up with your fast active carb probably isn't there um, that said I would still probably lean towards it because it's going to be yeah, you know, they're normally easy to digest. They're not going to sit yeah. awkwardly on the on on the stomach. They're normally quite easy to eat. It's not like trying to slug through like I don't know, peanut butter or bloody. Yeah, that's horrible. That yeah. So I I I'm, I'm the same recommendation as you. Uh, the study and I feel so silly about it because <laughs> I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna get the names of the people for I'm the study. Them this and there's, time. there's there's two names and they're both terrible. Well, they're both very long names and they're gonna sound terrible. Come on, let's, hear it. let's right. hear it. There was a study done by Nahrudia. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear that. What was it? Na- Naharudia. Naharudia. Okay. Apologies if Naharudia is listening, uh, which of course he is. Uh, or she. I don't know. Um, anyway, 2021. Uh, and it was a study, and it's a really interesting study to me, where they compared... So they had the same uh, nutritional uh, meal, but one was like... They called it like semi-solid, so it was like slush. One was a liquid meal, and then it was like a placebo meal. Um, and even though it was the same, so the placebo was just like water, no nutrition. Um, even though it was the same nutrition, the, the group that had the, the semi-solid meal actually performed, I think it was a squat test, 15% extra reps, mm. which is like, yeah, if you're doing a set of, t- of 10, it's like an extra one, one to two reps. Yeah, like yeah. it really does make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and then you think about that, it's like, okay, so why is, it, why is that if it's not about nutrition? And like I've just said, I'm not sure how much like you're actually depleting your glycogen. Yeah. It comes down to satiety, and if you've ever trained hungry, it's it's really really difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it comes down to just making sure that you're not feeling hungry during your training sessions. So if you prefer to have a fast acting carb before, great. If you have a meal two hours before and then have a, something small during, amazing. If you're doing something really high volume or long in length, you might have a little like energy gel or snack during it that's going to help you know avoid getting hungry halfway through the training session, which is going to massively reduce your intensity that you're able to bring to the session. So I think as long as you're avoiding getting hungry during training, you're going to be fine. And yeah. that's, like you said, it's going to be individual to what you can tolerate uh, and what you enjoy doing. So for some people... Yeah. You, you know, you think about the people that wake up and, and they go straight to the gym. Like, I was just going to say, it would be... You really probably want, yeah. The people who come here early in the morning. Six I, know quite, I know quite a lot of people who don't eat anything before. Yeah. And some of them can get through and they don't feel hungry, which isn't a problem. It's all individualised. But if you do get up and midway through your session, you are feeling hungry. And as that research has proven, it's good to just get something in before you train, whether it be a slush well, the, the, or something but the, the, the general one that everyone always says is a protein shake and a banana mm. and you're getting some protein there to break the fast of not having any protein yeah. pre finger pre uh, like pre-sleep you're having a banana which has got some carbs in it it's probably going to fill you up a little bit it's going to yeah. tide you over nicely until you get to uh, your breakfast which mm. you probably have at 8 o'clock after you've yeah. trained so I think like you're just having your pre-snack as your breakfast and then you're having your, your second breakfast after it so yeah I think as long as you're not feeling hungry during the training session you're okay That's the main thing I yeah I think it does change if you're doing high volume sessions of like running. Anything over like if, if you train longer than two hours, then you probably need to increase and maybe start to consider keeping higher carb. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, yeah. you could have anything. I guess when um, 
if I was to rough something like that like before a session, I'd feel so sick. Like if I've ever had like a shake or something like that before a session, like or slush as you're saying, I feel so sick just because when I burp it up during a session, it feels yeah. horrible. I guess it all comes to that as well. Like it is all that, as I mentioned before, that that discomfort is something yeah. that is really like upsetting you in your stomach. That's going to completely impact your uh, your session completely. Um, so yeah, good little bit of knowledge there. There you go. So yeah, just avoid getting hungry. As long as you're not doing a, a silly amount of work, you'll you'll be covered yeah. by just avoiding being hungry. And I yeah. think that's just a nice, easy recommendation. Um, and yeah, I sometimes, like I've done sessions, it's so dark, I say, oh, I feel faint, and I've just mm. played basketball for 10 minutes. You always say you I know, feel faint. I, I, something up with me, I need to get to I the know, doctor. Yeah, you're right. But like I did a deadlift session about a month back, and like I did my warm-ups, and I was starting to get hungry, and I'm like, like faint, I feel like terrible. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm going around asking people for sweets, and I'm just like, and it doesn't matter how many sweets I'm in, I just need to not feel hungry. Um, you dodge around the gym go sweet, got any sweeties got any sweeties yeah wicked um, I think that covers the pre-workout yeah. meal uh, should we move on to a fun one what is your um, what is a bro science lifting myth that you want to die slash triggers your inner rage well when it say when we say trigger your inner rage I would say it doesn't trigger my inner rage at all but I know there's a there's a bro science tip out there I used to, firstly I used to love watching Bro Science. I love the Bro Science. I still was, watch him now. He's yeah, class. he's brilliant. What's Don Mazzetti? Is it Tom, name, yeah. isn't it? Um, that whole thing of I used to do when I was younger. Everyone who who curls at the end of every single session, who like just thinks right cheeky bicep pump, regardless. Like every single session, it just you just never give your biceps a chance to recover, regardless. Um, I wouldn't want that to die. I want it to stay. Actually, I was going to say I, I I disagree. I, yeah. I think you can train your biceps as every was, single day. So. As I was saying it, I was thinking. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad example. Yeah. Um, one example that we did speak about that you wanted to touch on a little bit is this whole, um, I wouldn't really call it bro science, but this whole like one to five reps is strength, eight to 12 reps is hypertrophy, 12 plus is endurance kind of thing, which isn't like completely true really. It's all dependent on... But it's on, not, is it? It's, no, it's not, it's not true. Um, we, know, we know from a muscle perspective that it's it's reps that are getting towards a higher RPE. So yeah. it just means if you're doing sets of 15 to 20, you can't work at a low RPE that yeah. you might do with finger. If you want to be strong, it's very intensity related. So you need yes. to be working high percentages. Exactly. If you want to gain muscle mass, you could do 30%, but yeah. you've got to do 50 reps and no one wants to yeah, do that. Yeah. It's just super uncomfortable. There was a big study that I looked at at uni actually that sort of improved that, that said that it compared two different uh, groups of people. One that was working at something like between eight to twelve reps at like 75 percent of their one RM, something like that, and then a group that did thirty percent but AMRAPed it to complete yeah. failure, and they gained a significant amount of muscle mass compared to that other group. Which I was... like the yeah because I think when you're doing that, like you can't compare the the, the volume or the um, the tonnage. You can't mm. compare that because it's just going to be skewed. But it's yeah. the effective reps, so the yeah. amount of reps yeah. when it's starting to get close to failure and it's starting to slow down a little yeah. bit. If you're if you can buy if you can bench. 100 and you're doing 30 kilo you're going to get nothing for 30 40 reps you it's uncomfortable to do but you could do it a good example of it if someone's like injured sorry we're going off piece here we're going back to science we're going off piece. Like, let's keep let's keep it fun uh and then every time you say oh boss well actually the research yeah yeah um, but um if you're if you're injured and you can't tolerate high intensities for a while but you want to maintain your muscle mass you know you, if you you bench like eighty percent, it hurts your shoulder, and you've got to let that recover. There's no reason why you couldn't do like forty, fifty percent, and just do like high rep stuff, just yeah. to maintain that. That that's a good idea to do. I always think of that as well. Like it, it's dwindled down now. Like we all know this, and we spoke about this on podcasts a couple of years ago. Like talking about like low load, low RPE training, and and, and how it's still a, an effective thing. And it will dwindle down, and people will like start to to buy more into that, and there'll be more people training more rep schemes. I think it's better than it used to be, and I think it'll continue to get yeah, better. Yeah. Have you ever done the old? Uh... 200 rep challenge on, the, on an empty barbell. No. I'd give it a go one day. It's, it's, it's actually the, uh, quite enjoyable. The worst the worst high rep challenge I've ever done is the five minute squat your body weight as many times as you can. Body weight on the bar. Yeah. So it's like 77 kilos. I got I wanted 100 reps. I've yeah. never seen anyone do 100. I got 96. And mate, I felt disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I took a picture of my quads. Most cardio you've ever done? My, my, my quads, mate, were, were swollen. <laughs> if you wanted to, like, if we wanted to do a bodybuilder pose off, I would do 100 reps on yeah, 75 yeah, yeah, kilos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was disgusting. Yeah. I was, so the story I was going to tell you is that when, when I worked in a, in a commercial gym, um, I was doing some squats and there was a guy running like, a, a, I don't know if it's a PT course or a strength and conditioning course. It was some kind of um, learning course. Well, yeah. And he, he watched me do my squats. He comes, oh, mate, you, you, know, you got a good squat. You know, you do a lot of strength training. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do powerlifting, blah, blah, blah. 
And he's like, oh, okay, um, have you ever heard of that program? And this was the, the lecture. He's like, have you ever heard of the program 5x5? Five five? I was like, yeah, I might have heard of it, mate. Yeah, cheers. Jeez. He's like, oh, well, I do 5x5 um, five five because, well, because I don't want to just get strong. I want to get big as well. I'm doing 5x6. I was like, ah, I see what you've done there. <laughs> you've got, you've because got. if you did 5x5, five five, you wouldn't get any bigger. You just get stronger. But you did 5x6, so then so you just touched into the yeah, hypertrophy. Just, just. That's that in. whole thing about like. It's the black and white thinking that's like, does he really believe that? Does he and really think that you go from five to six and all of a sudden muscle golf is triggered? Yeah. At five, it's insufficient. Like, and does anyone think that? It's that whole frustrating thing that like, going off, going off piece again about the fun stuff, but like, it is so easy to become a level three PT nowadays. And a lot of the information that's taught on the courses is incredible. Someone might say that, yeah. Yeah, it's just that they teach that whole kind of one to five is strength. 8 to 12 is hypertrophy, 15 plus is endurance. And it's just, it's not good and it educates people the wrong kind of way. So when they go into their fields, they will also be passing that wrong knowledge Well, on. that's it. Yeah, um, you know, like you say it to us and we laugh about it, but you say it to someone that doesn't know anything about training and, and they'll take that as gospel. Can you just double check it's still there? So my, uh, I haven't got much in terms of Boston. I think we, we're almost like immune to it, but I do recommend every so often to people, especially if people moan about uh, like the gym setting, or they're like, oh fuck it, I'm getting pissed off with something. Yeah. I'm like, mate, go to a commercial gym just for just for one session, and you'll come back and you'll you'll absolutely love yeah. MSC. Yeah. Um, so go on then. What's a bro science? When I was uh, when I was at when I was at Panatines, I remember there was a guy <laughs> training chest. He didn't have his chest program planned, and he was like. I won't do the accent. He had an accent. He was an Albanian gentleman. And he's very tough, so I won't take the mic anymore. So I don't know what to do um, for my first movement for chest. And the guy went, well, what do you want? Do you want size or do you want shape? And he was like, uh, I want shape. Went, well, dumbbells then. Dumbbells, Dumb- <laughs> dumbbells for <laughs> shape, barbell for size. And that one blew my mind. That links into that, the whole like that links into the whole like toning thing, doesn't it? I know yeah. it's been debunked a lot over social media, but see, people the, are still the toning thing's tough. The toning thing's tough. Um, they're probably the big two, like the toning and uh, people thinking barbells is just if you want to get re- you, you'll get really blocky if you train with a barbell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's somehow miraculously the same weight or slightly less weight on the dumbbells, and it's it shapes your muscle. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly. quite um, that's quite tough. I think but, the toning. I think the toning thing is like. As long as people are using it in the right context, it's actually it's not a problem. But it's when people think that, like, you know, I will say, it really pisses me off when people when someone says, "Oh, I just want to get toned." Like, I know what you mean. You know what it means. Don't yeah. don't say that. Oh, it's not a thing. Like, you know what it means. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. they want to lose some body fat, and you yeah. know they want to gain a little bit of muscle. But then they've got to be like, "Oh, that's not actually." Yeah, I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. There's no such thing as toning. It's like you know what they yeah. mean. Just just let them say what they mean and just fucking humor them mm. and 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 show them how to train properly. Don't yeah. don't put them off and explain because if they 100% confident that the tone is a thing and you tell them it's not they're just going to leave yeah, yeah, so yeah. just tell them say yeah I understand what you mean and then when you've built that kind of rapport then you can start to say actually when you said about this like what, what you actually mean is but yeah. there's no point in saying it because they know what you mean they know what they mean you know what they mean just, yeah, just, yeah, fucking, yeah. just tell just, them yeah, just yeah, fine just, just humour it yeah, that's bro science. Bro science. I, honestly, I let's can, stick with let's stick with bro science like bro and go science. straight into someone asked what your favourite split is. Oh, okay. So I've got a few. So now currently I've got a weird old split because it's for the conditioning stuff. So I'll always like my split. I wouldn't. I don't know how I'd really call it. Yours would be a lot more different to mine. But so at the moment I'm very much based off Olympic lifting stuff. So one day I'll do like maybe an overhead squat. The next day I'll do. How many days are you training? Uh, Gym related it varies stuff. with the rugby. So at the moment, because I'm not playing, I'm doing a good four days a week. When I go back to playing, it'll be three. Okay. Um, and that'll change. And then I will, it'll all be dependent on how recovered I am after the rugby for a Sunday. So if I yeah. recover well, I can get. You sometimes see you in the gym at, yeah, at home. Yeah. Um, so four days currently, and it's all, it's all varied on uh, the conditioning movements I'm doing, what kind of conditioning I want to do, what main lift do I want to focus on, all of that stuff. But back in the day, when I was obviously a hardcore bodybuilder, um, I was a big fan of push pull legs. Yeah, I love push pull legs. Yeah, um, it just worked well for me. I know there's going to be a lot of people who sort of slate it and say I, you I, can't train six days a week and have one day rest. But they do it over this, a long. This this is the problem is if you want to do push pull legs, you have you can't just train three days a week. No, no. If you want to do push pull, you got like, ideally six. Yeah. <laughs> or if yeah. you're not or if you're not doing six, you've got to do um, like four or five minutes of just squat. Uh, sorry, uh, legs, back, chest, and then maybe that's done by Friday. Then mm-hmm. Sunday you do 
legs again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can't just train three days a week. It's no. just it's just not enough frequency. No, you need more than that. I quite like to. Uh, I sometimes did if I knew I was only training five days a week. I'd do like a push pull legs up a lower, which was quite. A nice I love split. that. That's my um, favorite split. Yeah. Well, I used to do like the quote unquote bodybuilding split, oh, and then yes. I started to get like really bored of it when I trained at a bodybuilding gym. Look, I met this guy called Tony that got us into powerlifting. I probably mentioned him four or five times. Met yeah. him at, um, at that Strongman comp again. I oh, see him nice, for the first nice. time. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh mate, I'm really getting disillusioned. I don't know what to do. And he was like, oh, why don't you do push pull legs? Mm. And I was like, I wanted because I wanted to do basically powerlifting, but I just. Didn't didn't know about powerlifting at the time. I just yeah. wanted to, to train something different than just doing fucking, you know, bodybuilder style training. Uh, but because I was training five days a week, I went push pull legs, and then I did a powerlifting day, squat, yeah. pinch, and deadlift, and then I did a full body session of accessories on the next one. So it was the same oh, okay. idea: two yeah, yeah, full body yeah. sessions, one hard, one easy. And then that meant I'd pretty much designed a powerlifting program. Then I was benching yeah, twice, yeah, yeah. I was deadlifting twice, and it was it was pretty much uh, what I like. Um, so that was when I was doing the bodybuilding stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, powerlifting then, why is what you split at the moment? Powerlifting for me and my so obviously there's individual different. Like out of everyone I train, I've got one person that does two days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of people I train about thirty-seven people. Um, I reckon twenty-five of them train four days a week, and yeah. out of them twenty-five, there's only one person that squats three days a week. So the majority of people squat two times, and that's yeah. my preference. I don't like doing just once. Mm-hmm. Most people need two times a week squatting. Three is a little why is, bit. Why is the reason for that? Why would you recommend? That? Well, I think that if you're, you know, from a skill perspective, and then from an overall development, the amount of sets that you need to to get stronger. Let's say it's. 10 working sets it's hard to get that done in one session Yeah. so I think when you're trying to get the amount of volume that people need it's good to do two sessions because one session is going to be your normal squat for the majority of people and then some kind of variation or close variation on the second or just a slightly lighter day yeah. so like that second day you work in either a positional focus or a tempo focus or a specific cue um, so for most people the two week works well three days a week just gets quite hard to, to manage alongside pushing deadlift uh, there's only Adam just three days a week. Does it? And uh, we, when we, whenever we move him to two, he, he, his progress really slows down, which oh, is okay. funny because he's always whinging that his body's in tatters, but <laughs> he, he still wants to. He's like, but he's holding on to three days a week for his life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he yeah. So that, so with that being said, so for the majority of people, four days, two squats. I really like. Um, squat and bench on a Monday. It's normally heavy squat and like a secondary bench. Yeah. Wednesday will be deadlift and like a tertiary bench. Mm-hmm. Friday would be heavy squat. Yeah. And some kind of lighter bench or no bench if you're not doing four days a week bench. And then your last session of the week, your heavy bench press session. Mm-hmm. And, and I really like RDLs. Yeah, I give pretty yeah, much yeah. everyone an RDL on RDLs session four. So I can't think. I can't think of anyone that shouldn't be doing RDLs. Like if you assume our deadlifter, you should be doing some kind of hinge yeah. work. If you're a conventional deadlifter, most people, even if we get them doing two days a week of conventional deadlift, they'll still do RDLs. Yeah, it's like yeah, the volume yeah. after it. So that's my favorite powerlifting split. General population, they're normally doing two to four sessions, full body sessions, full bodies or are, upper, lower, upper, lower. Yeah, as we said, frequency is the best thing. Like The more frequency you can get, better. There's no, yeah. as you said, if you're doing three days a week as a gem pop kind of person, a lot of people do think, oh, push, pull, legs. But actually, you're only getting one hit of every move, like for a body part in a week, which you isn't think, enough, yeah. really. And you, f- you think about, like you just said, stress recovery adaptation. So, you you know, you train your chest, sorry, you push. You do a push session push on, uh, on a Monday, and then you're recovering for two days. Yeah, That means you're spending five days where if you're not recovering from it and you're not training it, yeah. you get in, you, you, you're regressing. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it. You'll yeah, be, if you're yeah, not yeah, training yeah. That, that frequently, you're going to regress. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, you need to be training more than that. Yeah. And full body sessions or upper lower, upper lower means you get in the two of each. Uh, if you're training twice a week, you know, it probably means that you're not that bothered about like your powerlifts being the best that they can. You're trying to do some strength training and that's yeah. fair enough then. Two full body sessions. Yeah, but two full bodies better than doing upper and lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's all it's all varied on the individual. So if you dive into more, so if we do go back into the bodybuilding world, um, I know a lot of people that um, they coach and their training sessions are like so ra- they seem so random, but they're obviously tapered toward the individual. Yeah. So they'll say you're obviously growing and you're bulking to get to go into another comp in two years. Say they they want to focus, I don't know, more width in their lats, something like that. All, all of this bodybuilding stuff, they will do some crazy sessions. They'll do some splits, but they'll have three or four times a week they'll just have lats like kind of lat work yeah, in their yeah, sessions yeah. as well yeah. so it's all it's all depending like on a lat specialist program yeah yeah like, exactly. why, is he, why is he training lats all the time I know exactly so he'll do like a leg extension straight into like some kind of lat movement yeah, which yeah. Is, superset yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. this is the thing like 
you need to be careful when you just see something and say, what are they doing? Yeah, or like, yeah. why, why is he doing Because you don't know anything about no, it. No. Like, anything. Like, you look at Adam, you're like, why is he squatting every single session? And you're mm-hmm. like, well, actually, because yeah, even yeah, though yeah. he's not, he doesn't look built for squatting, which he isn't, he's got long legs, but it's like, if he doesn't do three days a week, he's, he's, he squats doesn't feel as strong. So yeah. I, but you might be like, why is he doing that? So, yeah, yeah. So don't judge ask, people. Don't judge. By what, if you see someone quarter squatting in a gym, they could be a high jumper. You never know. This is true. Don't call them out. If someone's quarter squatting and they're, they're gangly and six foot two, yeah, they're a, they're a jumper. <laughs> don't, don't, yes, don't assume they're it. a jumper. <laughs> yeah, they're our favourite splits. Oh, I do miss bodybuilding. Like I'm just, I'm just thinking well, you, now. You, I'm doing you just bloody, won that bodybuilding comp. Didn't you? I did win. Yeah. If any, if, for anyone listening, me and Luke had a bodybuilding comp and I did win. Um, to be fair, I had just come back from Toulouse and they had eaten. Uh, no, you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I do miss bodybuilding. Now that I'm, now that we're talking about it, and I'm thinking that I'm doing bloody well, all this Olympic lifting, and yeah, I'm well, getting a ch- I well, hold your horses then. Next question: favorite exercise to improve your chest, and we're going to also then make this slightly more performance. So, favorite exercise to improve your chest. Okay. And then we'll also talk about your favorite to improve your bench press strength. So cool. you can make one performance related to us. So, what's your favorite chest exercise? My favorite chest exercise, personally. Yes. Or, okay, personally, I love a dumbbell bench. Flat, flat, flatter. Yeah, I would always for ages that actually really helped my like chest development. Just flat dumbbell benching loads, just because you get a little bit more rom in there, bit more range, it's, yeah, bit Good more flexibility s- to change your hand position. Exactly, it's more natural for a lot of people for like elbow angle and all of that kind of stuff to allow them track more naturally. Um, for me, anyway, it helps a lot. Um, and it's just a nice move when you get yeah. a good little squeeze at the top of the rep. Whereas um, with the bench, it's a little bit harder. Have you seen those? I'm not going off topic too much. Have you seen those benches that were released in America which have those kind of like sliding oh, I hands? I hate it. That's like a rotator cuff way to is pop, isn't it? It's dangerous like, as well. Just them. <laughs> no, they were trying to do the kind of aspect of the squeeze at the top of a bench press, but it does look... Um, I'll tell you what benches I do like, though. I've got a guy that trains at a, a commercial gym in London, and you lift up, and then the safeties fall back. I've seen I those. I fucking love that. Eddie Hall's got a pair of those They're in his, class, uh, man. In his gym. They're, They're really good. Um, I'm going to mirror what you say. I'm going to say my favourite chest building exercise, incline dumbbell press. Yes, yes. Same reason, like, full range of motion, nice big stretch. You're able to move your hands into a comfortable position. Yeah. Uh, I like incline chest. Yeah. What do you think um, to improve the bench press? So let's not say no barbell stuff because that's a variation. Let's say your favourite excess, excessive to improve your chest. I guess it could still be dumbbell press. Yeah, I would say dumbbell press. Um, I was going to say you would obviously learn a lot more because you're within the powerlifting world. Um, I would dive into the whole like rehearse the skill kind of thing. This no. is going no that, barbell, okay, no barbell, boring stuff. Right, I would say. Ooh. All right, I'll oh, jump sure. in. Go on, you jump in. Dips. If you can tolerate dips, dips I love a dip. Yeah, yeah. good for tricep. You're hitting the chest. Like, it's fairly balanced with chest, shoulder, and, and triceps. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with it is, is no, not everyone can do it. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, it feels uncomfortable for the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I say dips, and I've only got like a handful of people that do because not everyone. Yeah. Can, but if you can handle it, yeah, yeah, love dips it. Are good. If I not, guess. a full range of motion dumbbell press yeah. or incline. I was going to say dumbbell press, potentially maybe like a good angle weighted press up is kind of doing the same thing. Hundred percent. I went through a phase. I started working with a different coach, and he gave us a lot of weighted press ups. The problem with the weighted press up is it's just hard to load. Like you need get to that stage, don't you? Where there's you've only got three service. plates, you're waiting for someone to put your plates on. It's sliding on the back. If there was a way to load it up and it was comfortable, it'd be amazing. Yeah, but it's yeah, just yeah. it's just hard to do. Yeah. But I think like with your like, favorite exercise to improve your chest, whatever. Like if it's to improve your bench press, it's like okay, what do I need to improve the bench? It's like okay, build. Your accessories are to build muscle, basically, or okay. correct balances of everything else. So for your chest, you're thinking, okay, trying to build muscle in the tricep, the chest, and the shoulder. I think dips. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna add on to that. It's like, obviously, you stop me with all the skill stuff, and it is true that there's a reason that all these bodybuilders, a lot of the time when they bench and they do all that stuff, they're they're strong, and it's because they've got a lot of muscle mass there. So the underlying mechanism is to gain a good amount of muscle if you are trying to improve your bench, because the more muscle mass you've got normally links to how strong you are on yeah, the bench big press time. so that is that Look is the that. number one point Chris Bumstead I think he can deadlift 300 he's crazy he's strong f- and his squat is impeccable he's yeah. got phenomenal technique uh, impeccable do <laughs> you fancy Chris Bumstead I do fancy Chris yeah, Bumstead yeah, yeah. he's my man Chris he's a that's why I grew the moustache and had the mullet he's a good looking guy <laughs> 
thing is, all bodybuilders now they all have the mustache because of that. Because obviously he's a good he's a good looking yeah, bloke. Yeah. Um, I like it when he's like he has the beard. He's like right, I'm in prep, and he shaves off and keeps the mustache. Like okay, we go. Yeah, yeah, we um, go. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, so we've done like a chess one. No one's asked this, but like, what's your favorite for like? I don't know. What's your favorite lifts or accessories? Again, I guess not very for like Olympic lifters. Olympic lifters. Um, I guess you can do barbell for this because yeah, just, yeah. just not, but not like clean from the. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say just good heavy pulls from the ground. So if you're doing clean, clean pulls from the ground. Make sure you're replicating your hand placement because a lot of people who go over from clean into normal deadlifts, their hand placement may yeah. change a little bit. So make sure you are doing that kind of placement. Same if you're doing like practicing your snatch stuff. Snatch grip deadlifts, just with a little bit of a high pull at the top to get used to get into a little extension, bit of extension yeah. with a, with some load on there. Um, Are you a fan of uh, sumo deadlift for people that do clean? Because I quite like that because it just differentiates the clean from mm. deadlifting. Yeah, I've never actually done that before. That's okay. a that's a. I just like the idea of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, no, I like that. And then just general kind of shoulder strength so a lot of people forget when they go into a jerk like kind of a lot of fucking overhead stability yeah so when, and when they go into a jerk people a lot of people do think that you need to get under the bar first when actually you want the barbell moving vertically first so that comes from good shoulder strength and so having strong shoulders is always going to help a lot more with that so just good like strict press push press behind the neck stuff dumbbell shoulder press anything to gain some muscle mass on top very similar to the bench press kind of stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the more muscle mass you've got there the stronger you're going to be you look at like you look at like the Chinese weightlifters and like the amount of like excess you see them doing like dips with like you know three four plates and yeah. they're, they're incredibly strong for yeah, your shoulders yeah exactly um, and, and Lou raises Lou raises Lou raises with the plates the 10 kilo plates yeah. but people that, yeah. you know you see that the Chinese lifters and you're like man squat jerk this but like they're doing a lot of accessory stuff yeah, yeah it's yeah, class yeah. I mean yeah, you have to watch will. it on the same uh, on the same note then if, you know the old uh, typical if you could use three exercises to do for the rest of your life oh I like this question what would yeah. you uh, what would you do I've got mine rehearsed and you, you, you'll, you'll not- be you'll be able to guess mine Oh yeah, I know yours. Yours is easy. Oh, it's no, no. It's okay. It's not bad. I do not want to do fucking squat bench and deadlift for the rest of my life. Okay, for me because I am literally on the spot with this. I'm gonna guess yours. Go on. Okay, no. Give me. Say yours. Have a think. No, because I. Okay, go on. Guess and I'll tell you. Yours. Go on. Dumbbell press. No. No. Front squat. Yes. Clean. Yes. Push press. No. Go on. I would do front squat, a clean. Yeah. And then my third, it would be some kind of like bodybuilding movement, but I think I'd lean, <laughs> I'd lean towards like a chest fly or something like that. <laughs> Just because I want to chase so, the pump. So it was anterior, anterior, anterior. Ante- <laughs> Like, oh, age of yeah. training. I'm gonna be here. No posterior work whatsoever. You gotta go. You gotta yeah. do some really good pulls to balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing is, right. yeah, as long as I load up on those cleans, I'll be sound and get a good <laughs> amount of posterior engagement. They over, like really over exaggerated. <laughs> do you know? I was thinking about my. If I did these exercises for life, I thought about mine ahead of time because I was the one that asked the question. But I reckon you'd look fucking phenomenal just doing these exercises. So what are my free exercises? Okay. Incline dumbbell. Yes. Chest supported row. No, come on. Seated row. No. Uh, heel elevated <laughs> goblet squat. Close. I'd go high bar squat. Okay. So get away from the low bar. Like yeah. real nice controlled eccentric high bar squat. Yeah. Incline dumbbell press. And yeah. we've spoke about it and I've already told you I give it to everyone. Oh! Give me a second. I give it to everyone. I give it to everyone. It's coming. It's coming. RDL. RDL. There we go. Mate, you're getting everything you need from them for it. I, I reckon that, if I, are, yeah, I reckon yeah. if you give someone just those three exercises, yeah, you'd be yeah. it'd be pretty good. And you could combine. You could say right RDL into a high pull, and then you get a little. Bit. Just pushing like someone's yeah. someone's like put a gun to you and said you can only do these three exercises. You've done an RDA and you've gone into a clear. <laughs> that wouldn't part of the deal. That's interesting though. That, that really yeah, put me on the spot. Yeah. I guarantee my decisions will change. You'll change it later. Yeah. When we when we release the podcast, you can just put in bracket. I've changed my mind, and actually, okay. it's uh, it's. Okay, this. how about this? Ask at the end of this podcast. Ask me again, right. and I'll I bet my my decisions will change. So that, uh, that, next question. That, that was a good half an hour of bro stuff. Should we move back into something a bit? more yes. sciencey yes okay someone asked about cardio for um muscle slash weight gain yeah um so i can talk about this a lot with within kind of my experience i'm doing a lot of cardio within um my training 
the main thing is that you do just, if you want to gain muscle mass, you do just want to stay in that surplus. So if your surplus can ma be maintained whilst you're doing a lot of cardio, then you will be gaining, you will be gaining muscle mass. Whereas if you're doing a load, a load of cardio and you, you're more fatigued, you're obviously energy levels are dipping, so you're going to go more into a deficit. Then that's the problem that we're going to have, yeah. um, which which is the whole underlying thing, really, just to stay in that surplus throughout. Um, and yeah. not all not all cardio is is built the same, is it? So like, if you're, I know that's what I really like this quote of um, there's a difference between training to to run a marathon or hot, let's say because a marathon is going to interfere maybe a yeah. bit because it's the amount of volume of training needed let's say a half marathon training to be to do a half marathon and gain muscle is completely different from trying to win a half marathon and train to be the best bodybuilder mm -hmm. ultimately if you want to do one or the other to the most optimal you're probably going to have to go all in yeah. but 95 99% of people don't have to worry about the interference effect because most people aren't training to win to be the fastest person at the Birmingham half yeah. and they're not trying to become a bodybuilder so if you're yeah. your general pop and you want to be fit strong have some muscle mass you can absolutely do both um, I'm, I'm going to have to butcher another name here though if, uh, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> Come on, this, one, this one's harder uh, so there was a study by <clears throat> Splip <laughs> It's like William all over again. Um, Spliliopoulou. Spliliopoulou, 2021. Uh, did a, a study on like the, the interference effect. So. Spliliopoulou. So it was, uh, it, was, it was cardio before weight training, cardio after training, and then cardio, and I think it was separated by eight hours. And... The least interference on your performance was eight hours. Yeah. So that means you got to do two days, two a day training. Mm -hmm. Difficult to commit to. But if yeah. you could, you'd probably do eight hours separate. So you train, strength training in the morning. Yeah. Eight hour day. Come back and do your cardio. That would be the yeah. perfect scenario. Not realistic what, for for most people. Yeah, I was going to say with gym pop, it's obviously hard if you want to do that before and after work. But with Within the S and C world, that's what a lot of the that's time what people do. do. Yeah, they'll do their then, gym, they'll do their gym and weights at eight in the morning. Yeah. The second one then is if you have to choose, and people say, "Oh, do your weights first. But it's, it's actually whatever you want to be better at. Yeah. So if you want to be better at strength training, and which most people, if you're doing both, would probably favour doing the strength training yeah. first. Yeah, uh, you do strength training first, and then you do your cardio after it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be really good at cardio and do your strength to support that, you do it the other way around. So yeah, if you're going yeah. for like a run because you want to be good at running. And then you would come in and do strength training after. That's yeah. probably the best idea. Um, so yeah, I would say that you don't really have to worry about the interference effects. No. If you are trying to maximise your muscle gain, you do want to be in that. Like to make things as optimal as you can, you want to be in that small surplus. Yeah. The amount of surplus is how much risk you're willing to take in terms of gaining body fat. Obviously, yeah, the faster yeah. the rate of weight gain, the more likely that you are going to gain body fat. So I always recommend quite a slow gain of like half a percent of your weight probably a month to mm -hmm. be honest depending yeah. on, on on what you were let's say one percent a month yeah. so if you weigh 80 kilos you don't be gaining more than a kilo a month because you, no, otherwise exactly. you're going to be you're going to be really risking yeah, gaining yeah. body fat but if you are doing more exercise same if you've got an active job you're just gonna have to eat more mm -hmm. if you're a builder and you're out all day you know your calories needed to be in a surplus are going to be a hell of a lot higher than you that sits behind a desk all yeah, day. yeah you yeah. don't but obviously if you sat behind a desk you're you're, you're your maintenance is going to be so much lower. Yeah, so you've got to take into account, and it's forming that positive relationship with the scales, isn't it? And using that as your kind of your marker, so that as you're saying, gaining like a kilo a month or something, you are monitoring it. And then, like, if you are gaining a little bit too much, you think, right, my activity might be a little bit too high, I might be in a bit too little, all, all that kind of stuff. So it's forming that, trying to form that healthy relationship with the scales. Yeah. But but yeah, ninety nine percent of people don't need to worry about the interference effect. No. And even even I don't joke about it, but I I, I play basketball twice a week. I was, yeah. even used to hike when I was like, you know. Well, the year when the British I was hiking every other week you can definitely do it so I don't definitely need to worry too much but just take into account that if you are trying to gain muscle and you are trying to gain weight because the question was actually weight yeah. um, you need to be in a surplus so if you're doing more activity you need to eat more calories to balance that out yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we have got any another question I actually don't think we don't I think we've covered everything is there anything you wanted to add? no I think I'm very happy Mr Rogers we've covered a lot we have got one more question. I thought we did. What is fit? This is the last question. What, oh, okay. what is, outside of a sports-specific perspective, what is fit for general populations? Outside of a sports-specific? 
I, I, I think fitness is, is, is quite a specific thing. It's but really hard to, yeah, yeah. to narrow it I down. I think being fit for purpose. So for an 80-year-old person, their fitness is going to be mobile and strong enough to be able to, to do everything they need to in daily activity. So yeah. getting out of bed unassisted, uh, being able to walk to the shops, being able to carry your groceries back, that is fit for purpose. So mm-hmm. for an 80-year-old, it's very much that. Fit for purpose for a 30-year-old man might be, I want to go to the park and play sports with my kids on the weekend. Yeah. I want to be able to go to the gym and play five-side football with my mates without getting out of breath. And I want to be able to go to the gym and not shoot my spine out. Yeah. And for them, that's going to be very, very different. But the what is classed as fit for gym park, I think the bar is pretty low. In, in, you, in the nicest way. Yeah. What do you reckon is the cut-off point? So you know, you, so you're, I, you know you're saying like a 30-year-old man's going to be able to want to go out and play football with his kids. And then an 80-year-old man's got to be able... When's, when's the cut-off point with how fitness changes, do you reckon? Or well, do you I, think it is a very slow, gradual change as someone gets older? Well, I think, like, when you look at the the, the the research and you think, like, as you get older, people talk about, like, dropping muscle mass after the age of 40, which we're getting close, but mm. we're getting close. But yeah. the actual big thing that drops off is speed. So, actually, your strength stays for a long time. It's yeah. just your speed really drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think, like... You want to do what you can to maintain doing some kind of speed work. Like it doesn't have to be like quote unquote like all out speed training, but yeah. like doing some running, doing some you know sprints, doing some exercises fast is probably yeah, a good yeah. idea to maintain that speed that you do drop off. And if you don't train it, coupled with getting older, that's when you start to lose it. Yeah. It's not just if you keep training it, you probably do a hell of a lot better to maintain mm-hmm. it. Same with muscle mass. Like if you carry on training at forty, you see, my I train a guy Michele. He's going to the European Masters. He looks. He's my second crush next to Siebel. <laughs> I've never seen anything Don't like... Don't mind your list of crushes. <sighs> Fucking down there, mate, I'm honest. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Michele, Italian guy. Mm. The women, when they watch him come out, it's... I'm never, I feel they... so embarrassed. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. sat next to him and I'm like, little five foot seven, 74 Luke. I'm holding his piece of paper. He's like this Italian stallion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's 45 and yeah. he looks phenomenal. So I think it would be like... It'd be interesting to sort of compare the way that I just think this podcast should be called Luke's, Luke's Confessions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fancy Siebel. Siebel. I McKellar. fancy McKellar. I can't pronounce Spillable. I don't know anyone's name if you're not from the yeah. Western world. Um, I think it's interesting to compare like fitness levels of different ages. As, as It's an interesting topic to talk about because, for example, I had Mark's client, Kevin, today. He's, I don't know how old he is, but like... He he's an in, older gentleman. He's an older gentleman, um... He can still bench Phenomenal. 50 kilos. He can trap bar today. He can he can walk with the prowler. And I think that would put him at a very, very high Top level percentage. of fitness. 100% yeah. through his age. But then if you, obviously, if you were then to compare him completely linearly with a 30-year-old, that's nothing. So it's just, it's it's how different the lines are within fitness depending yeah. on how old you get. Like he, if, if we're doing what we're talking about now, he is incredibly fit for his age. Oh, he's phenomenal. And he's very similar to, I had, I had a client... Um, few years ago who um who i trained with he was an 80 year old man never trained in his life ever and then i introduced him to a few simple movements and then like everything was impacted he could walk better he could go like simple things like he could stand out of a chair a lot easier and he would show up he would show it off to his wife and be like oh my god look at me i can stand out of my chair it's it's nice to see and that that level of fitness is kind of brilliant some of my like best memories of training gem pop are like older people yeah i had this woman called brenda she was in her 70s and she'd never trained like first session she got overwhelmed because she was out of breath doing like level one on the cross trainer yeah and like after like you know six weeks she was like doing a goblet squat to like yeah. chair height with like a six kilo kettlebell mm. like, this is amazing it's good, she's yeah. doing fitness she's not getting out of breath she was she, she smashed it yeah, yeah I had another guy called Roy he passed away unfortunately a few years ago I was really close with him and he was like a marathon runner he was really mm. good and we got him into powerlifting just because I was doing it he was like yeah. oh, I want to give this powerlifting try was he was 60 kilo Man, seventy years old. He deadlifted one thirty. Double that? body weight. Yeah, that's crazy. Double body fit. weight at seventy so years that, old. So that fitness wise is incredible. That's incredible. But isn't it? yeah, if yeah, if that's unreal. But let's <coughs> say let's say for the average person, you know, uh, young, a young, let's say twenty to forty years old. What is a good level of like general fitness? What what in in the gym? What would you what would you say? Would you say it's the classic like? What do they say? One and a half. No, I think that's too. I think that's, that too that, old that's too. way too high. No, yeah. way too high. Too high. Okay. I've, I always, I always find the stat up, and it always, it puts it into perspective that I think it's something like when you do look at everyone, squat it, your body weight. Yeah, it? and it's, it's something like that, and like benching hundred kilos or something. You're in like the top 
0.001% of people in the world who can actually lift that. Like you've got to put it into perspective it's, it's, sometime. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. What do you think for gen part for 20 to 40 year olds? I think a good level of, of strength training where you let's start, start with strength and we'll get to like other things. I think yeah. strength training, if you can do a full squat with around your body weight. I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's really good. You're not yeah. going to win any competitions. You're not going to set the world alight. But if you can do, if you're mobile enough and strong enough to get into a really good squat position, yeah. squat it to good, reasonable depth with body weight on your back, I think that's strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you should do powerlifting or you should do this, but if, if you're a general pop, if you're just a dad or a mom that wants to have a good quality of life and you can squat with your body weight on the bar, yeah. that is going to give you a good quality yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... With that said, then you should also be able to do um, a few chin-ups, in yeah. particular for for guys that have a bit more muscle mass compared to women. Yes, I would yeah. say that you should be able to do a set of five of chin-ups, yeah. and I think that's a good, those two combined are good to say like you're not just strong, um, you're strong for your body weight as well. Yeah, I think that yeah. they're they're good levels of strength in the gym. Then fitness-wise, I think it's hard to answer. I don't want to say you should be able to run a five k. But I was I was going to say so I was going to hop on that and say fitness-wise, I reckon if. Someone can just run a 5k. I think that's a Any, brilliant. If you can complete a 5k, I think that's a brilliant yeah. start without timing wise. And then I think if you're under like, if you want timings for people, if they do, they do like that stuff. Maybe like under 35 minutes. I think it's a really for anyone within 20 to 40 that year that year um, place because even doing it just continuously is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then under 35 minutes, you're still having a good time for a kilometre. So because yeah. then when you're getting in the top percentage, people are obviously going like sub 25, yeah. sub 20. Um, but yeah, I think so. If we're talking like what is fit for a general part, I think being able to com- just being able to complete it is probably yeah, a good yeah. shout. Um, being able to squat around your body weight, I think, yeah. is probably good. I'm not. It's difficult to say because. I think it might be slightly easier for, for men to squat the body weight compared to women. There's yeah, obviously yeah. some incredibly strong women, but I think it's easier for a man to squat his body weight than it is a woman, probably yeah. on average. I'm yeah. not, not too sure. Um, but I'm just thinking out loud of like, you look at like the top percentage, how much people are lifting relative to the body weight. Mm-hmm. But I still think like around body weight for a guy, maybe like 0.75 if you're a woman, yes. might, yeah, might yeah. be better. And then the, the, the same with the chin-ups because women seem to have more muscle mass in the lower body to upper. Yeah. Probably like five chin-ups for a guy, maybe like, I don't know, aging up for a woman yeah, would be yeah, really yeah. good. Um, that's just, it is what it is. I think that's yeah. a good place. And it is, it's just highlighting the fact that it is such a broad, it's such a broad question yeah. and it's like very hard to pinpoint the actual kind of definition of fitness. That's why there needs to be this kind of spectrum of it and depending on age, like training level, yeah. all these kind of different things. But um, they're good starting points. If you yeah. could do all those things, then I think you would be classed as fit. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I think like the mobility thing as well, like I said, being able to do a, a full squat is a great thing. And if you can do a full squat of a bind back, you're probably mobile enough to do everything that you need in a daily yeah, activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, think that's a good, I think that's a good point as well, yeah, mobility-wise. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I think that's a nice little uh, way to end the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, guys. No, um, ask me my free exercises again. What are your three favourites? Now, I won. <laughs> They've changed completely. Thruster. I won. Leg extension for Rec Femme. I won. Seated row, back, <laughs> lat raises, shoulders. You've gone the opposite now. You're going to be like, no chest. I want to be a bodybuilder now. <laughs> yeah. We've spoken about sebum and I want to be a bodybuilder again. Capped shoulders, lovely quads. Yeah, exactly. What more do you need? I'm working my back. I'm Fantastic. working my upper back. Fantastic. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be the next podcast. Really exciting one, actually, with um, Kitty and a special guest talking about the women's experience in um, in strength conditioning. Um, hopefully, they don't mention me saying that women's standards of fitness is lower than the men. Point seven five. I think that's right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening, guys. We will see you at the next one. Any questions, obviously, fire them below, and we will see you soon. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's sexist to say. Pause? Is it just pause? Yeah.